You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. PJ, before we continue on with our previews, is there one game on the slate that you just don't have a good handle on and you don't really want to have any kind of bet on? Yeah, it was probably that game we were just talking about last segment, that Cowboys-Texans game. It's such a big number. You know, it's it's tough to really get a read on that. And you got a question, is Dallas going to be motivated? Do they even care if they want to win by 20 points? Or do they just want to get out of there with the win and no big injuries? So to me, that's probably the game that I'm just I'm not even gonna touch because of how big the number is yeah but sometimes you can get some value that way I think if you think the underdog even has a slight chance of covering you are getting 17 points which is a ton of points in the NFL so I feel like that's the angle on that one I think the tough part for me is when you see games and you don't even know what the angle is like you see a matchup and you're like I don't really know what to make of either one or two of those teams. So for me, that game is the Dolphins and the Chargers. I don't know what to make of the Chargers because here's the thing. The Chargers have so many good offensive weapons. Justin Herbert is an amazing quarterback. But then they'll have games where they lose to the Raiders by seven. Uh, They almost lost to the Cardinals. But then when they play teams like the Chiefs, They'll keep it close. I think that's the only time that I actually like playing the Chargers is when they're playing the Chiefs because traditionally they are very good at covering numbers when they play Kansas City. But other than that, the Chargers are an anomaly to me. I cannot figure them out. I don't even think the Chargers can figure themselves out, right? I mean, every week with that team, it's like an up and down roller coaster. Brennan Staley, in his rookie year, we were so like t- blown away and taken back by, oh, he would go for it, and he was so aggressive, and then that came to be, like, way too much. And now there are these rumors that Sean Payton could be waiting in the wings, maybe coming in to be the next coach of the Chargers, and they've dealt with so many injuries like it seems like they do every year. They had so much expectations coming around them. Obviously, their division, the AFC West, was supposed to be incredible, and now it's just been the Kansas City Chiefs' invitational. Everybody else has kind of fallen back, but – it's a big game for the Chargers, Chelsea. And now that that's gotten to three and a half and we're getting the the holy grail of numbers in football, obviously with the hook, um, it, it's definitely made it an intriguing game because it's big. It's big for both teams, Dolphins and the Chargers. And it's probably the best game of the weekend, I would say. You think so? I feel like it's not I, I would the best think game so. of the weekend. Like I'm what do you excited. Think is the best game? I feel like I almost have to feign excitement for the Dolphins sometimes. Like they have this like amazing offense, but I don't know. For some reason, they don't interest me that much. I'm not sure what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. But for me, that's not the best game. I think the game that I am most excited to see 
is Tampa Bay and San Francisco, the Bucks and the Niners, the matchup that we all expected, Tom Brady versus Brock Purdy. And uh, that defense of San Francisco going against Tom Brady, who has looked very pedestrian this season. Does Tom Brady still have it in him? I think that's the big question is, do we get the Tom Brady that we have kind of been expecting this season? Because we know Tom Brady's stance on the NFL season, how he doesn't really believe that the season actually begins until around Thanksgiving. That's when like the real football starts. So I think that's one that it's going to be also from a betting perspective. You'll have the people saying, don't bet against Tom Brady. You know, the people who are very casual fans. And then the people saying, well, defense wins championships. And it doesn't matter, you know, what quarterback you have at the helm when you have a team that's so good like San Francisco. So I think that's going to be the best game. It's going to be an interesting one. I got a prop that we'll talk about later on that I really like in this Bucks niners game. But as for the spread... I want to see if where which way this line moves, if it does. Does it go to San Francisco minus four? Does it come down to three? Because if I can get the Niners at minus three, I definitely like that a lot. The hook in this game is just, I, I can't get over it. It feels like it's going to be like a field goal kind of game. I do think Brock Purdy is going to play pretty well. I, I think San Francisco is going to be fine offensively. And defensively, I mean, that Bucks offense struggles so much especially, you know, Brady wants to get the ball out of his hands so quick, and he's going to have to against that Niners pass rush. He's going to have no choice. Brady, though, is from the Bay Area. He grew up a Niners fan, so you know that's going to mean a little extra something to him going out there this weekend and playing against the Niners. But at three and a half, it, it probably is a pass for me. I would lean San Francisco, but if it drops to three, then I like the Niners. I'm going to take them at three. Yeah, so the spread on that game is three and a half and the Niners at home and the total 37 and a half. Because initially I thought to myself, oh, just play it under. That defense is amazing for the Niners. The Bucks' offense has really struggled to score. And we all know the Niners' offense is not really one that's super explosive, especially when you think uh, of a rookie quarterback in Brock Purdy who's probably not going to be, you know, heaving the ball down the field too, too much when you have so many good weapons that can run the ball. Uh, but at 37 and a half, it's pretty dang low. I was looking at some team totals too, because uh, maybe thinking that Tampa Bay struggles once again on the offensive end against a very good defense and a good pass rush. Uh, but their total is 15 and a half, and it's actually juiced to the over, minus 160. How do you attack this total or these team totals? Wow, 15 and a half and it's juiced. Yeah, I don't hate the under look there. What's the plus money on the under? Is it like plus 125? Yeah, plus 125. Plus 125. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I like that quite a bit. You know, Chelsea, the Bucks have played in so many games recently that if the outcome wasn't a Bucks win, like the narrative of them could be a lot different. If they didn't have that crazy comeback against the Rams, against the Saints, I mean, those are two coin flip games that very easily could have gone their way. They might not be in first place in the division right now, and this is a totally different discussion. So, like you said, this team for a lot of the game, especially through the first three quarters, maybe even the first three and a half quarters, they struggle to score points. And San Francisco isn't the team that just all of a sudden late in the game you can go on a big drive against. Like, that's when their pass rush really starts to rev up. They lean on that pass rush to kind of close out games for them. So plus 125 for them to score 15 or less points, I I think that's a really good look this week. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, sell-high opportunity on the Bucs. If you remember for what, you know, 90% of that last game, 
the offense was really bad. And that was against a Saints defense that is nowhere on the level of the Niners defense, who is also playing at home. So I think that is a good look. Uh, let's look at some of these other games. Let's do Kansas City and Denver, another big spread here, as the Chiefs laying nine and a half points on the road. The total on this one is 44. It's a clash of two very opposite offenses. We know the Chiefs can light up the scoreboard at will. Meanwhile, the Broncos are lucky if they score nine points, uh, despite having a wonderful defense. So is there anything you're seeing here, PJ? Well, yeah, I think you got to lay the nine and a half with Kansas City. The Broncos, they, they're 11 and one to the under this season. Russ has only thrown for more than one touchdown in one game this season. Their offense is just anemic. It's tough to watch. If Kansas City scores 24 or more points, Chelsea, how is Denver covering this number? I don't think they're getting to 14 points. So if you see Kansas City scoring 24 or more points, I think they're covering the nine and a half. It's that simple. Denver, as we know, is one of the best defenses in football, if not the best. And they always tend to play Kansas City pretty well defensively. So that's the thing, you know, coming off a tough loss like that to Cincinnati. Is Kansas City a little sleepy going into mile high? Do they only put up like 17 points or something like that? I kind of think it's the other way. I think they're going to be motivated. They're going to be ticked off with how last week went. I think they're going to score high 20s, low 30s. And if they do that, I mean, there's no way Denver's going to score in the high teens, low 20s and cover the spread. It's Chiefs minus nine and a half for me. Yeah, same Z's, uh, especially since it's a Chiefs team that traditionally has played really well against the Broncos. Maybe not offensively, maybe not scoring a ton of points, but they have beaten the Broncos 10 straight times and beat them by at least 10 points in four of the last six games. So I think if there's any play in this one, it is the Chiefs laying the nine and a half, even though it looks like a nice spot for a divisional dog at home. Buyer beware. This is not a dog that I want to trust. Let's go to a game that you no. like. It's the Panthers and the Seahawks. We've got the Seahawks laying four at home and the total 44 and a half. PJ, what's the play? Chelsea, I like the Panthers quite a bit. I think Vegas has a really good read on Seattle. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when Seattle was three and a half, four point favorites against the Raiders at home? And that made no sense. And we were all scratching our head. Like, why is the spread so low? Raiders end up winning that game outright. If you remember when Seattle went up against Tampa out in Munich, when they played in Germany, Tampa was favored in that game. And we're like, how can Tampa be favored? Tampa ended up winning that game. So Vegas kind of has a good read on Seattle. And when these spreads are low like that, I tend to trust them. Carolina is coming off a bye week, which definitely helps them. And they're going out West to Seattle. Their defense has been playing really good all year. I think their offense is at its best when it's with Sam Darnold, it looks like. It's not good by any means, but I think Darnold gives them the best chance offensively. And Seattle, you know, they're coming off an emotional road win last week. They win in the final seconds against the Rams. Could be a little sleepy this week against Carolina. The line is just weird. We were talking off break, Chelsea. If you flip this line... So you give Seattle about two and a half, three points for home field, then another like one and a half, two points for neutral. You flip this game, Carolina's like favored by one and a half, one at home, or it's like a pick em, which is crazy. If you told me Carolina was favored at home against Seattle, everybody would take Seattle. So I like Carolina plus four. I'm trusting the odds makers on this one riding with the Panthers. 
Yeah, I don't have a play in this one. I have been wronged by the Seahawks before. I was one of those people that took the Seahawks when they played in Germany against the Bucks, and I lost that one. So no thank you, please. And then finally, the game that I don't really have a super great read on, the Chargers and the Dolphins. Dolphins laying three and a half, total for 52 and a half. PJ, do you have a better read on this one than I do? I, I hope so. I hope so, because it's going to be an official play for me. Uh, anything under three, I didn't like. But now that we're getting the hook with the Chargers at home, I like them as home underdogs. You know, you talked about how they always play the Chiefs tough. They cover that five and a half against them a couple weeks ago on Sunday night at home. I'm riding with the Chargers. I don't know if they can necessarily win the game, but I think it's a close one, and I like them with the three and a half. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.